Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the vast amount of need in the world? Everywhere we turn, there are people in need. Physical need, mental need, emotional need, spiritual need, financial need. Everywhere we turn, there are lost, hurting, broken, dying people crying out for help. On March 22, 2008, the UN headquarters in New York announced a list of 10 stories the world may wish to hear more about. Here are two of them. First story. According to the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, up to 15 million people, the population of a medium-sized country, are considered stateless, that is, not recognized as citizens of any state. Statelessness is a corrosive, soul-destroying condition that colors every aspect of a person's life, and 15 million people find themselves in this condition. Story number two. To say that 2007 was a terrible year for natural disasters would be an understatement. Millions upon millions of people were tragically affected by the new normal, a new paradigm of extreme weather events from the intensive storms sweeping across Asia and the Caribbean to devastating droughts in Africa to the wildfires in the southwestern U.S. to the massive flooding throughout Asia and large swaths of Africa, leaving tens of millions of people suffering grievously. And these are only two, just two, of the stories that the world should hear more about. Some of the other stories include suffering places such as Uganda and Darfur and Afghanistan and and Sudan, to name only a few, and potentially worldwide uh, epidemic diseases such as bird flu as well. Now, in light of such devastation, such suffering, such pain, what can we as individuals do? What can we as a church body do here in Houghton? I don't know about you, but, but for us, it seems like at least every other day, we get something in the mail from this organization or that, seeking to help various uh, groups of people in need Missionary sending agencies, parachurch ministry groups, development and relief organizations, prison ministry groups, human rights organizations. The list could go on. So much need, so few resources. I imagine that's how Jesus' disciples felt in our two Matthew passages this morning. These stories of Jesus feeding the multitudes. So much need. So few resources. Let me set these two scenes for you quickly. In Matthew 14, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus had apparently just learned that that John the Baptist had been beheaded by Herod, the ruler of Galilee. Verse 13 says, When Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. The NRSV says, He withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. Jesus 
withdrew for some solitude. He was no doubt tired. He had been teaching and preaching and healing and and probably needed some rest. And he no doubt was also grieving the death of his cousin and friend, John the Baptist. The only problem was the crowd wouldn't let him get away. The scripture says when the crowd heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. How did Jesus respond? Verse 14 says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Instead of running away from the crowds or telling them to go home or making them schedule an appointment with his assistants, he gave up his own agenda to serve the needs of the people. Verse 15 tells us that as evening approached, the disciples came to him and asked him to send the crowds away. This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus' response, you feed them. In our second passage, Matthew 15, the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus had been ministering to the people. Verse 30 says, Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. This time, it was Jesus who brought up the subject of feeding them. Verse 32 tells us that he called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse along the way. Now, in both of these circumstances, I'm interested in the disciples' reaction. In both of these circumstances, they doubted. Both times, their reaction was, this is a remote place. And we don't have the resources. We don't have enough resources. In Matthew 14, when Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat, the disciples' response was, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. And in Matthew 15, the disciples complained, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Jesus' basic response to the disciples' doubt in both of these cases was simple. What do you have available? What do you have available? And here's the beautiful thing. Jesus took what was available, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he used it to feed the multitudes in these remote places. And the scripture says in both passages, they all ate and were satisfied. The NRSV says they all ate and were filled. They didn't each just get enough to get by. They each had a feast. They were filled. And there was plenty left over to boot. Now what can we learn from these two accounts? I want to quickly make two observations this morning from these passages. First one is simply this. No place is truly remote when Jesus is there. No place is truly remote when Jesus is there. Jesus works miracles even in remote places. These scriptures tell us that 5,000 people and then 4,000 people were fed in a remote place. In fact, it, it seems that God 
in some instances at least, favors remote places. He certainly has a history of choosing remote places, uh, remote places and ordinary people to, to accomplish his purposes. He appeared to Moses in the burning bush on the backside of the desert. He turned to David, an ordinary shepherd boy from the tiny no-account village of Bethlehem, into a mighty warrior and a great king of Israel. Jesus was born in a stable in that same tiny no-account village of Bethlehem. And he was raised in the little town of Bethlehem, uh, the little town of Nazareth, in the out-of-the-way backwater district of Galilee. God took a tiny remote little town in western New York, known for its drinking, gambling, and horse racing, and turned it into a mighty city on a hill for God's glory. I love that story. This is your story. It was the mid-1800s when the godly young canal captain, Edwin Palmer, offered his famous prayer for Houghton, let this place someday be as noted for its righteousness as it has for its wickedness. Well, since that time, we can trace the hand of God at work in the development of this church from its early beginnings to the completion in 1934 of our current sanctuary. And intertwined and concurrent with the development of the church, we can trace God's hand in the development of Houghton Seminary, Houghton College, and Houghton Academy. God has truly been with the people of this church and community through the years. If these walls could talk, they would share stories of sinners repenting, mercy sought, and grace received. They would bear witness to the occasions when God moved in powerful ways, and the people here were able to catch a glimpse of the awesome glory and majesty of God. They would tell how Houghton has become a light on a hill, a beacon of hope in a dark world. They would tell of spiritual battles fought and victories won. And they would chronicle the lives of countless numbers who have gone out from this place to shine the light of Christ into every dark corner of the world. No place is truly remote when Jesus is there. Jesus isn't bound or limited by the remoteness of our circumstances or our situations. He can use us and multiply our impact for Him regardless of our circumstances, both individually and collectively as a church. The second observation is this. Jesus is able to do more with what we have, however much or little, than we could ever dream or imagine of doing on our own. Could any of the disciples ever have imagined feeding 5,000 people and then 4,000 people with just a few stale loaves of bread and a handful of miserable fish. So many people, so much need, so few resources. But this scripture reminds us that little is much in the hands of Jesus. Look what Jesus said about the loaves and fishes. He simply said, bring them here to me. And he took it, blessed it, broke it, and multiplied it to feed the multitudes. He was able to take five loaves and two fishes and feed 5,000 men, not including women and children, and not just feed them, but fill them up. And he was able to take seven loaves and a few small fish and feed 4,000 and fill them up. Little is much in the hands of Jesus. 
I'll be excited to hear the report from Royal Family Kids Camp this next week. The needs of the kids who attend this camp are enormous. I'm sure it feels overwhelming at times to those of you who serve as camp counselors and staff members. I imagine at least some of you who work with these kids feel underprepared for the enormity of the task, of the burdens and the struggles that these kids have. So much need, so few resources. But every year, God does marvelous things in the hearts and lives of the campers and in the hearts and the lives of the counselors and the staff as well because God's resources are unlimited. His love is a renewable resource. Little is much in the hands of Jesus. How often do we as Jesus' disciples doubt his ability to take what we have and use it for his glory? And not only use it, but multiply it as well. Do you ever feel inadequate? Sometimes I feel like a one-talent guy in a world that really needs a five-talent guy. I sometimes feel like I just don't have the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, or financial resources to make any real significant difference. Lord, how could you possibly use me? I don't have much to offer. I struggle to walk and chew gum at the same time. I don't have any special talents or abilities. Have you ever felt like that? Jesus' simple question to each one of us this morning is the same question he asked his disciples. What do you have available? What do you have to offer Jesus? What do you have available to him? Time? Gifts? Talents? Money? Maybe other resources? Jesus simply says, bring them here to me. And when we surrender our, our resources to him, he will take them, bless them, break them, and multiply them for his glory. Maybe you're here this morning feeling overwhelmed with life's circumstances, believing that you're inadequate for all the situations in which you find yourself. Maybe you feel helpless before the great needs of our world, before the great needs of Allegheny County. Maybe before the great needs of your family or your home. This morning, Jesus asks us to bring what we have to him. We may not have much, but we can offer to Jesus what we do have, ourselves. That's really what Jesus wants. Each and every one of us can give not only our gifts, talents, and resources to the Lord, but our very selves. He loves us. And he wants to meet us at our point of need. He wants to bless us and through us to bless his world. Jesus says to each one of us, offer to me in this moment yourself and all that you have. And then watch what I will do. And when we surrender ourselves and all of our resources to Jesus, he will do with us as he did with his uh, with the loaves and the fishes, he will take us, bless us, break us, and multiply us, our talents and our resources, for his glory. 
What challenges are you facing that require you to trust God for resources you know you don't have? As we participate in Holy Communion together this morning, I want to encourage you to offer yourselves again to Jesus. Offer yourselves and your gifts to the Lord. Little is much in the hands of Jesus. Jesus blesses it, and it is enough. No, actually, that's not right. Jesus blesses it, and it is more than enough. Let's pray. Lord, no place is remote when you are there. You know each of our circumstances, and you know how limited our resources are. We offer ourselves and our gifts to you, asking you to take them, bless them, break them, and multiply them for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.